You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. Country superstar Janie Freaky has gone from Indiana farm girl to internationally acclaimed recording artist with 18 number one hits, including It Ain't Easy Being Easy, She's Single Again, and He's a Heartache Looking for a Place to Happen, and so many more. Well, Janie has recorded 23 albums and released 36 singles throughout her career with multiple gold and platinum sales awards worldwide. She's also the first female voice on the moon when she sang the Wake Up and the Weather jingle for the Apollo 12 crew. She is an ACM Female Vocalist of the Year, two-time CMA Female Vocalist of the Year, and nominated for three Grammy Awards once for her It Ain't Easy Being Easy smash hit, and with more awards that are too numerous to mention. Well, Janie Freaky also sang backup vocals on Elvis Presley's final album and had to record all vocals after he passed away. And she has her latest greatest hits album, It Ain't Easy, The Complete Hits, is also available including 36 chart-topping hits and duets with Charlie Rich, Johnny Duncan, Merle Haggard, and Larry Gatlin. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome critically acclaimed international country superstar, the wonderful Janie Fricky to the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it is a absolute, it's actually my honor to have you on the show today, Janie. And I'm curious, how did an Indiana farm girl singing in church make her way to Nashville? That's a great question. Sometimes I ask myself, how did this all happen? It's just looking back into a dream that that I didn't even know was going to come true. But I think just a lot of self-driven plans I made, uh, certain things I pursued on my own by myself, uh, a lot of moving, a lot of sacrificing, and a lot of uh, quiet times by myself because I was single at the time pursuing music career. And country, literally, to pursue my music career. Well, was it helpful to be, well, single at the time, so that way you could just stay focused on the career and not be caught up in a relationship? Well, absolutely. I'm afraid to say that that's probably one of the secrets to to pursuing what you want to do in life. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to be single, but you're more accessible to be called out and to work on your projects wherever they may be and not have to worry about things at home lining up plans for for the home life so if you're footloose and fancy free and you go pursue the work opportunity then your work may grow and develop quicker and faster it did for me well i noticed that your journey to nashville had stops between dallas and memphis and also too uh did that have to do with you uh singing jingles for companies like united airlines and coca-cola and seven up and even red lobster well the way my career started singing and commercials in memphis tennessee and i had heard about a little company there and i went and i auditioned and i and that opened the door and started me in that business the studio 
tech world where I stood in front of a microphone with other singers and we sang anything that was put in front of us, the music arranged uh, with the uh, with the clients in the control room listening to us, telling us what they wanted. So that was my beginning steps of venturing into the to the music world. Well, was it going into singing jingles? Was that a way to, well, have instant income, so to speak, while you were working on a country music career? And I wasn't even working on the country music career. I had I didn't even know that. So I pursued the job of jingle singing at a company that paid me a paycheck. I worked there all year. I uh, had an agreement that my job and sing commercials or do them. And so I didn't even realize I was going to be moving on into the Nashville country music arena and through other connections in Nashville. And I have my little jingle tape with me and play it for all the producers and uh, the studio people there. And that opened the whole new world of the Nashville studios. Well, now I know that your voice was heard on Johnny Duncan's song, Stranger, which was written by Chris Christofferson. And you sang back up and that one line, shut out the light and lead me. Well, the fans response to that one line caused the record industry to take notice of your voice. Was that where your breakthrough came? That was the breakthrough. It sure was. Uh, I was in a, a harmony called the Backup Singers. We were hired to come in and just do harmony on a session for him. And so we did our oohs and ahs in the background, and then they needed a girl to do this solo line, and they looked at me. I happened to be the soprano in the vocal group, and I sang that line, and that was that was it. That that started me, that opened the door for me. With Billy Sherrill being one of the best producers in town, uh, so helped a lot <laughs> to be working for him that day. Well, when the fans started asking, uh, you know, who is that female voice singing on Johnny Duncan's record? How long did it take to go from that point to recording your first album? It took a little while because I told them to leave my name off of the credits. I wanted to remain in the backup vocal group. And I said, don't even put my name on the little 45 single. Just Johnny Duncan record, I'm singing the line. Well, shortly after that, the DJs were saying, who's that mystery voice? So they called me the mystery singer. And somehow that hit into the, the news media and they found out who that was. And so then Lee Cheryl said, all right, we need you to sign a contract with records. <laughs> and so that was it. I did it. <laughs> you know, to me, that is just an absolute perfect PR move to become the mystery voice, which causes more people to want to know who that is. I think it really uh, laid the groundwork for you when your first album came out. It, it was it was a tricky way, uh, a good way for the PR people to kind of spin it. And uh, they thought I really just didn't, was not interested in singing and doing my own album. And I kind of put them off in the beginning because I wasn't sure I was ready for the road, a band, a bus. I put them off and then finally I signed it. And then I was on my way to do my first album. Well, you are now tour. Well, you're now celebrating the 40th anniversary of It Ain't Easy Being Easy and Don't Worry About Me, Baby. 
Can you believe that you've been in country music for over four decades now? That's definitely hard to fathom, uh, but I have been, and so, and I've walked every line of it. So, it's really, it's really the way it it, it lays out. A certain, it has a certain routine to it. Well, who is your uh, who is your all time favorite uh, duet partner? I've I've done so many duets with so many people. I could never say a favorite because along with Mo Bandy and Vern Gosden and Ray Charles and Merle Haggard and Johnny Duncan, Larry Gatlin, I've done duets and featured with all of them and George Jones too. So I, I'd be really in trouble if I said there was a favorite out of all those guys. <laughs> well, what is your fondest memory from your uh, music career? I, I would have to say probably singing in front of uh, President of the United States, um, attending a state dinner for President Reagan, uh, singing for him at Camp David, Maryland in front of the swimming pool. Those kind of things are my favorite memories. And I am so proud that I had that opportunity. Well, how did you get chosen to be the first female voice on the moon by singing the wake up call for the Apollo 12 crew? There again, going back to that first job in Memphis, Tennessee, the company wanted to have the first jingle to go to the moon. So we as a group singers went into the studio and sang Apollo 12 with the weather. And it went up on the space shuttle and it woke up the astronauts. My good. So you actually had your voice there with the astronauts before your first album came out? way before, before anybody, before I ever knew I was going to be signing a contract or moving to Nashville. The, uh, the moon story <laughs> happened very early on and I had no idea I'd be talking about it 40 years later or whatever. It actually was longer than that. That was in the sixties. Whenever Apollo 12 went up, it had to be around 68 or so. So that's been a long time ago. My goodness, that's, I don't even I don't even want to calculate how many years that is, but that is an incredible story, Janie, because, uh, I mean, when did you realize that you were being pursued? Once they found out who the mystery voice was, what was it like thinking, wait, they want me to be a country singer or a country star? Was that hard to process at that time? Yeah, it was hard for me to understand how I was going to go from being a studio singer and a, and a studio tech doing commercials and working with the music in front of me, how I was going to s switch that over to suddenly becoming a, a singer on the road and, and doing TV shows and, and doing concerts. I, I couldn't fathom that. I, I wasn't sure how I was going to work that out. But uh I had a lot of great people around me to work with at that time. I just kind of followed direction and I had to use my, my head and my, my common sense and do it the most honest, best, truthful way that I could. Well, what was some of the greatest advice you've received early on in your career? I think probably when I decided I should sign that contract, I went to the president of the Union of Singers, which is AFTRA. And I, he told me, he said, you really should go ahead and take this opportunity because this may not come along again. <laughs> so you better, if I were you, I'd go for it. And so I think that was probably great advice. 
Well, tell us about your uh, latest greatest hits album. It ain't easy, the complete hits. So this also includes your 36 chart topping hits. And of course, the numerous duets. Uh, are you surprised that you have this huge collection of music? I was thrilled when I saw this this collection put together by a bunch of guys in New York at Columbia Records. They must have researched over all my albums. I don't know how they did that. But they came up with this group of, of material that were never singles. And believe it or not, we are doing those album cuts in my show now because we, we love the song so much. We're having And then all the no idea they'd be putting my Ray Charles duet, my George Jones duet. I, and I was just thrilled to be able to have all that on group, the CD that we can take to our shows and share it with our listeners. Well, is, is there a partic particular uh, recording artist that uh, early on that you met for the first time? Were you ever starstruck? Oh, I'm sure. Beginning, probably um, sharing a uh, a piano bench with Frank Sinatra at one of the inaugural parties, and probably sharing the piano bench with Ray Charles when he told me uh, what lines to sing on his record. There's been a lot of great people I've had a chance to meet over so many wonderful years. Well, from Apollo 12 to the President of the United States to a female vocalist of the year and well, sharing a bench with Frank Sinatra and even Ray Charles, I don't know how you could get any better than that, Janie. That's thing, and I <laughs> and I wonder every day is was that really a, it really happened? I I was there, well, so uh, it's fascinating to me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to check out Janie Fricky's greatest hits album. It ain't easy. The complete hits. Again, it includes the 36 chart-topping hits and the duets with people like Charlie Rich, Ray Charles, Johnny Duncan, Merle Haggard, even Larry Gatlin. And Jenny, I understand that you will be on the 2023 Country Music Cruise. I will be on the cruise. I am so excited. It's going to be a great time. And of course, we'd love to invite everybody to come out. And uh, if, if somebody wants to go on the cruise, I think they use uh, a promo name. I think they use my name, Janie, or whatever. So there's a certain way to, of going about signing up for that. But it's going to be so much fun. It's well, a blast. Yeah, and I know many of you, ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely love going on cruises. But, hey, why not go on a country music cruise and be there with Janie Fricky. And again, the fans can use her name as the promo code uh, for credits as well as discounts. Just go to countrymusiccruise.com, put in Janie Fricky's name, and you will see the credits as well as the discount. And hey, sell the high seas with some of the best country music recording artists on the planet. And definitely, Janie Fricky is one of those. Well, Janie, I want to ask you about Elvis Presley, and I understand that you ended up singing backup, vocal, backup vocals on his final album. How did that come to pass? I was living in Nashville as a backup singer, and they hired Pants, his last live concert in Rapid City, South Dakota. 
So we went into the studio, a producer, Felton Jarvis, and we started our vocals and our harmonies to make the show bigger. And um, as we started it, about a week or 10 days later, Elvis Presley passed away. Well, now, did you ever meet Elvis in person? The other time I was on stage with Elvis was in Memphis, Tennessee, at a big awards banquet that the JCs gave for Elvis Presley. He received his award, and we sang the national anthem that night. We were in Memphis from the studio. So everybody was trying to rush over and get his autograph, but I was too nervous. I couldn't even look at him. And then finally, I, I stole a quick glance, winked at me. So the next day, my boss said, did you see Elvis wink at you? Well, why <laughs> were you back. so nervous? I just, you know, I was over, overwhelmed being on stage with Elvis Presley. And then uh, I wasn't going to run over there and try to get like everybody else. I was going to be unique and stand over to the side. It was a blonde. I had blonde hair. And I think he saw my blonde hair, so he just gave me a wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I have talked to people who knew Elvis, worked with Elvis, and they say he literally was larger than life. Even when he walked into the room, even when they knew him for quite a while, it, you just realized you were in the presence of the biggest star in the world. Is that what it was like standing on stage with him? That's true. It is. It really is. And somehow God blessed him with this, 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 uh, you know, aura about him. He just, this is the way he was made. This was Elvis Presley. Everybody was fascinated by him and overwhelmed by being near him. So, yeah, well, now what was it, well, what was it like singing backup vocals on his album knowing that he had passed away. I mean, was what was the feeling like? We had to go back into the studio the next week and put the headphones on. And we just looked at each other and started crying. And of course, his producer, Felton Jarvis, was just devastated. And so we had to work with, with Felton Jarvis during that day of vocals. And shortly after that, Felton Jarvis passed away. He didn't live much longer after that. But we well, completed the project, and uh, it was very difficult. My goodness. And now you have the album right there. Could you show us the cover of that, that last album? Yeah. The, the amazing thing, can you see this in your, can you see it okay? Yeah, if you want to move it's it a little bit more Wild. to the left. Yeah, just bring it to your left. Oh, perfect. Okay, so that was the album you sang on. Yes, this is a box set with many CDs in it. And I think we're on the very last one because that was his last live concert in the city. Names are crazy in here. So I'm thrilled to have this. Wow. This is great. You know, it's, <laughs> what is your favorite Elvis song? Oh, I love all of his songs, but I used to do Heartbreak Hotel in my, sh in my shows. And, uh, and I, I have a lot of great, favorites of Elvis, but I think Heartbreak Hotel is a really great song. Well, have you seen the new Elvis movie? Not yet. In fact, I'm almost afraid to go see it. Not sure I can handle that. Well, I, I, mean, I, no, I may go, but I don't, I'm not sure if I can 
face that, you know, because the, the, the tragic ending and, and the story of how we lost Elvis was so sad. And so I'm sure I'd have to start crying or get up and leave the building before I saw that part. <laughs> well, you know, I, I saw the movie, absolutely loved it. I think it's the absolute best Elvis movie ever made. Uh, and I have to hand it to uh, T.G. Shepard when I talked to T.G. He said this is literally Elvis's second 68 comeback. And he even he even told me, he said even after the movie, he, he had to sit there and just really just uh, think about it because he knew Elvis personally. And uh, it was sad, but the movie does Elvis right. Well, that's good to hear. Maybe I will go see it. <laughs> you need to see it. I think you will be pleasantly surprised. And uh, again, everybody loves it. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we have just been honored with Janie Freaky's presence today on our program. Again, critically acclaimed international superstar of country music. 18 number one hits, 36 chart topping hits. You can't get better than that. And and being the, and I mean, I'm honored just to, to interview you, Janie, knowing that you were the first female voice on the moon. I still think that's the most awesome thing ever. Thank you very much Thanks for having me. It's been great talking to you. You're very welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, hold on because we will be right back after this.